Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was Beren and Luthien. Join us as we explore Tolkien and all the ages of Middle-earth with your hosts from TheOneRing.com, Jonathan Watson, Michael Grumbine, and Dan Coates. Hey, everybody. My name is Jonathan Watson. I'm here along with uh, Michael Grumbine, and I'm not here with Dan Coates today. But I was going to say I'm going to be playing the part of both Michael Grumbine and Dan Coates. It's like the Smeagol and Gollum. From the- Long-winded and briefly intense at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Dan's not here. Uh, I found out that May is a, it turns out, is a hard-to-schedule month for three people with kids and jobs and in-laws and families and everything like that and so uh it's been hard to get dan here he did have a very important interview he's a producer at the babylon b or the producer at the babylon b and uh i believe at this point once this is released their interview with elon musk will go up and so that happened kind of suddenly and so he was pulled away second interview with second elon. interview that's right so uh he's not here but uh i'm not going to begrudge him that opportunity and uh the importance of that too so uh it's just the two of us today and um we can't really have our official one-year anniversary show again. Sorry, everybody. I know it's been two weeks, and we'll get there. We'll get there. But, I, we, you know, we can't do an anniversary without, without Dan. That's true. So it's but, too late. So we're going to have to go for the two years. So everyone wait 50 more weeks. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, no. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll do it. Um, and we can't finish the Silmarillion. We've got, like, probably three more episodes of the Silmarillion to do. Two more on the Rings of Power uh, or of the Rings of Power, of the Third Age and the Rings of the Rings of Power and the Third Age. Uh, and then also a recap one, I think we'll do. And so I know that all you guys are going to want to hear us finish up the Silmarillion. You're going to want to hear us talk about, um, all the upcoming things in the rings of power. Um, but this is the shorter version and to get the longer version, you guys do have to go to the one ring.com slash member. We are, um, we're going to talk today about the, the Gollum game, but in our extended podcast, we're going to talk about the games both you and I, Michael, we played, and I think we played different ones mostly, um, and then talk about if if we were given money, if somebody said, hey, you guys know Tolkien, what kind of game would you make in, in Middle Earth, in the world that Tolkien created? Um, we're going to talk about that. I think we have a few good ideas. So if you, want to, if you want to listen to that, if you want to join our Discord chat, if you want to uh, get a discount to our shop, we're going to be launching stuff right there until Teespring figures out what the error is that's happening on my account and I can't do anything and upload every file come, <laughs> comes up with an error and I'm following the directions precisely. We're going to have some merch on there uh, and you'll see me wear it once I get it. Um, and Dan and Michael, of course, will get them as well. So uh, go to theonering.com slash member, become a member. The first month is free. It's $4 a month after that. Uh, or you can become a sponsor for $20 a month and you get your, your name in bright white Allegria SC letters. That's the font, uh, right there. Harrison, Adam, Lynn, and Shook. So thanks for that. And so, and so moving forward, then specific detail about very, the fonts. It's awesome. Yes. There you go. I haven't memorized because I have to use it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so in lieu of that. Uh, what just released by the time you listen to this will be the new Gollum game by, uh, Daedalic, I think entertainment it's Mm -hmm. called. And, um, I will be live streaming it or I will have had live streamed it by the time this comes out because uh, I haven't yet as of this point in time, I think it will tomorrow. Um, you're not going to do it for for, for the, for the Friday live stream. I don't know. Maybe I'll do it then too. (laughs) We'll see. If it is, you, you guys can pop in and join me on the live stream and watch me play the game live and comment on how 
interesting it is. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm playing it. I'm just playing it by your, like I said, May is a crazy scheduling month for me too. Uh, we've all got day jobs. Um, and we're all appreciative of that. And we're all appreciate that we can get together when we can to do this. And we're, we're trying our best to do the, the whole one week thing going on. Um, but we are going to talk Gollum today because of that Gollum game. Um, and we also talked a little bit about in, in our last live stream, uh, with like John Trent and John Carswell from the Tolkien road and, uh, Garrett, another Tolkien family we've known for many, many years. Um, we talked about Gollum and his, uh, his character arc. And there was sort of a discussion about whether it's a redemptive arc or whether it's a destructive arc. Hmm. Um, and so Michael and I are going to take uh, a little bit of time and talk about what it means to Tolkien or what it meant to Tolkien, because he has a letter. Uh, this was letter 181 uh, sent in 1956 to Michael Strait, the editor of the new the New Republic of New Republic. I'm not sure. Uh, you can see it the uh, see it in the, in the letters of J.R.R. Tolkien book. But let me read this through. This is a longer quote. So if you're listening, bear with us, um, and we'll we'll kind of take thoughts because I think this is his most insightful approach to how he views Gollum. Um, not so much in like this is how I view Gollum, but it's it's almost like a I don't know. Would you call it a uh, stream of consciousness a little bit because he's he's talking about what he thinks about Gollum in the same way that that you know we were talking earlier Michael about how Gollum was a revealed character that's how Tolkien writes characters are revealed to him as he writes and I think even in these letters his thoughts are revealed to him as he writes too and like he, he muses you know upon it and uh, this is what he gets all right so let me read, read this through right you know we could talk more about that later yeah. but yeah and but to also to set the context a little bit mm -hmm. just before you read it Jonathan sure. this that you're about to read is part of his answer to Michael Strait. Michael Strait asked three questions. Mm -hmm. And this one was about whether there was anything to be learned basically from, from the Gollum character. Um, and Tolkien's answer actually starts with a reflection on the Lord's prayer and the, the lead us not into temptation uh, uh, bit. And Tolkien's take is that what we're asking for there is that because there, that there are situations we don't want to be in in life where the temptation just never ends and it will conquer us eventually, mm -hmm. um, no matter how much natural gifts we have or strength we have, it, it it's beyond us. And so we're asking our Lord to not lead us to those places. And so then, and then he continues the way with what Jonathan's about to read. Okay, this is about I don't know halfway through the letter or so, uh, and I'll read it all the way through, not the whole letter. These paragraph, this paragraph. But at this point, the salvation of the world and Frodo's own salvation is achieved by his previous pity and forgiveness of injury. At any point, any prudent person would have told Frodo that Gollum would certainly betray him and could rob him in the end. To pity him, to forbear to kill him was a piece of folly or a mystical belief in the ultimate value in itself of pity and generosity, even if disastrous in the world of time. He did rob him and injure him in the end, but by a grace... That last betrayal was at a precise juncture when the final even evil deed was the most beneficial thing anyone could have done for Frodo. By a situation created by his forgiveness, he was saved himself and relieved of his burden. He was very justly accorded the highest honors, since it is clear that he and Sam never concealed the precise course of events. Into the ultimate judgment upon Gollum, I would not care to inquire. This would be to investigate, investigate goddess privite, as the medieval say, said. Uh, do you know what that means? Yep. 
Yeah, that's gods. Uh, that's the old medieval spelling of gods, as in the the um, oh, G G O D apostrophe S and pre uh, It's actually usually spelled P pre Y, right? Or something like it's that? sometimes with Y. Now, of course, you know, for those that don't know, the medieval ages were full of uh, alternate spellings because there wasn't the without the um, the uh, printing press to standardize things. Um, People spell things different ways, but it essentially private just means God's private councils, God's inner mm -hmm. councils, the secret things that God knows that nobody else does. Okay. So this would be to investigate the secret things that God, God knows, as the medieval said. Okay, uh, kind of injecting that into the line. So we all understand it because Michael is smarter than me. And he's uh, no, I just read other things. <laughs> Uh, Michael Gollum wasted was, many years staring at medieval tones. Yeah, well, as the medievals say, if anybody's going to answer, it's going to be somebody with a degree in that. So, there you <laughs> go. Better. It's, better. it's all coming to use now. Uh, Gollum <laughs> was pitiable, but he ended in persistent wickedness. And the fact that this worked good was no credit to him. His marvelous courage and endurance, as great as Frodo and Sam's or greater, being devoted to evil was portentous, but not honorable. I'm afraid, whatever our beliefs, we have to face the fact that there are persons who yield to temptation, reject their chances of nobility or salvation, and appear to be damnable. Their damnability is not measurable in the terms of the macrocosm where it may work good. But we are all in the same boat, must, but we who are all in the same boat must not usurp the judge, capital J. The domination of the ring was much too strong for the mean soul of Smeagol. But he would never but he would have never had to endure it if he had not become a mean sort of thief before it crossed his path. Need it ever have crossed his path? Need anything dangerous ever cross any of our paths? A kind of answer could be found in trying to imagine Gollum overcoming temptation. The story would have been quite different by temporizing, not fixing the still, not wholly corrupt Smeagol, Smeagol will towards good in the debate in the slag hole, he can himself for the final chance when dawning love of Frodo was too easily withered by the jealousy of Sam before she loves Lair, and after that, he was lost. Um, that's a lot to take in because it's it's this whole, and I divide it into two paragraphs here. So it is one long paragraph uh, in, <clears throat> in, uh, in 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 uh, the letters of J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Michael, like it, it starts with the salvation, and I think for me. Um, I don't know. Where, where do you want to start with this here? Is there something that stuck out before I jump in and, and start usurping everything? Um, but what, what was what was the first thing that when, when you read this, you're like, ah, this is how Tolkien views Gollum, or this is what I take away from this here after uh, reading it and seeing this is how Tolkien approached Gollum? You know, I, the first thing that this strikes me as is hilarious because the the... Did you pull this from the actual letter, the digital letter itself? This is from the letter itself, yes. Because I I saw, I found a source which shows us the exact same thing, but it has a an as it has a kind of a note from Tolkien about the um, after um, it, it says at any point any prudent person would have told Frodo that Gollum would certainly betray him. And there's a note about the word certainly, but anyway, so maybe, so, so I don't know if this is a, if, if there maybe is an interlineation or something, but one of the things that makes it clear here, um, that was that Gollum in fact was about to be what could have been saved at that point at that moment. Um, 
and and it was withered by the jealousy of Sam before she lives there. That's the famous line that everyone likes from the even the movies. The people that haven't read the books, the sneaking, although they put it yeah. in di- in a different place in the movies, where uh, Sam wakes up and calls Gollum a sneak, and and Gollum uses it to mock himself and Sam and and basically but he corrupts but that very moment where Gollum actually was lost as Tolkien says here very clearly um I went back and reread that moment in in the books and it it is one of the saddest moments and it's a it's a fantastic moment um I've been told by multiple sources that this and I heard it first in a talk given a while ago that this was um on the manuscript of Lord of the Rings you can you, there are actually dried tears. Like Tolkien cried when he was rereading this this passage about Gollum looking at mm. the sleep the sleeping Sam and Frodo, and, and a, a, a variety of people have have said it. Of uh, scholarly sources have said it. So I've I've never seen a manuscript, but apparently you can tell. <laughs> and and Tolkien and Tolkien um, was very it was very sad. This moment was was a, a pivot point. And, and the quote from that Two Towers moment was, Gollum looked at them. A strange expression passed over his lean, hungry face. The gleam faded from his eyes, and they went dim and gray, old and tired. A spasm of pain seemed to twist him, and he turned away, peering back up towards the pass, shaking his head as if engaged in some interior debate. Then he came back, and slowly putting out a trembling hand, very cautiously he touched Frodo's knee. But that but but almost the touch was a caress for a fleeting moment. Could one of the sleepers have seen him? They would have thought that they beheld an old weary hobbit, shrunken by the years that had carried him far beyond his time, beyond friends and kin, and the fields and streams of youth. An old, starved, pitiable thing. So at this one moment, we see Gollum almost redeemed, where he's 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 now he's an old hobbit and we see all the things he's been deprived of so there is a possibility of redemption in in gollum mm-hmm. there is a and then at that moment sam wakes up and says what are you doing and because he, he sees as he sees it gollum pawing at at frodo when in fact it's it's this this caress this this familial love like the it's interesting because this never would have happened with gollum if it was any other the other members of the spe- fellowship other than the hobbits because Gollum is, of course, a, a former hobbit mm-hmm. or an ancestor of hobbits, if you want to think of it that way. And so it, it's a really fascinating turn that Tolkien is taking here. Um, there's a lot of ways we can go with it from here, but go ahead, Jonathan. It, it the way uh, let's start with kind of the, the where there then where the. The, the characters to Tolkien are not like Tolkien doesn't look at them at his creation. It's like he discovered them as he mm-hmm. wrote. Right. And so all the writing around Gollum is um, I don't think Gollum would have ever done this. Or if Gollum had Gollum had done this here, he th- th- then then the course of actions would have been different. But he never writes it like as if as if I actually wrote it. And so we need to understand, like, I don't think Tolkien like the way Tolkien looks at it, like there is no other way for this character to be created like he it was not possible because he discovered them and um they are part of the universe you know he spoke them into creation i guess you could say as a sub creator uh but it's not like he he would go back and be like you know he's not going to retcon anybody to be a different 
to have a different gender for say perhaps or uh, <laughs> a different preference um, right and but there is but there is this interesting air of unknowing where he as you said jonathan he's discovering his characters and it actually reminds me a little bit of having reread the silmarillion how sometimes we get these kind of flashbacks back to valinor and the the in moments of crisis or in moments of, of pivot anyway, there's the, there the Valar sitting there and they're wondering what's going to happen and what Iluvatar's mm. will is. Yeah. Um, and some, sometimes they go try to figure it out. Like Manwe tries to, tries to connect with Iluvatar. Sometimes they're just mist mysterious. Like we have no idea what's, what's going on here and what's supposed to happen. Um, except Mandos, who he just keeps his mouth shut and never says much. But um, uh, even he, there are spots in in the future that he can't see that have to do with, um, especially with the men. Um, and so anyway, it's it's it, there is this, uh, Tolkien has built into his secondary world an unknowability in mm -hmm. his characters. There's this air of freedom of his character, which is even free from the, pen of the author almost it's, it, it, Tolkien yeah, isn't yeah. He, Tolkien's not controlling Gollum Tolkien is discovering Gollum through his pen yeah it you know the it's I think Tolkien and you wrote you said that Tolkien was most moved by by this scene right like there were tears on the manuscript mm -hmm. um and it's the love that Gollum has for Frodo that I think drives him to that meaning that that Gollum Agreed. There, there is a discussion whether um, Gollum was um, uh, w w stayed with the hobbits with Sam and Frodo because of the uh, the ring only, or was it the love of that Frodo or Frodo's uh, Frodo's understanding of Gollum? That understanding gave him an appreciation, or even a, maybe a little bit of love, like he. he like pitiable love, right? Like he knows what he was going through. And so that, you know, the old, you're the, it's like being a president. You're the only other person in the world who understands me. Like I'm the only other person in the world who could understand him. And, um, and I think that love is what, it's an interesting thing. I've never thought about it in these strict terms. And I came across this other, uh, strict terms is not, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but in these particular ways of like Gollum loves Frodo and Frodo kind of loves Gollum, right? In a, you know, in that sense that Tolkien had when World War One of people who are going through the most horrible things together, like the, since nobody else's experiences, our experiences yeah. draw us together. Look, it's an empathy, right? They understand each other. They have this emotional connection because they both have this terrible draw to the ring. Yeah. And they're both, they've both been ring bearers, the ring, the one ring bearer. Yeah. And so there's this other quote um, that Tolkien wrote in letter 245 to Rona Beer, Beare. Um, and this is about, again, about him thinking about this point, it, you know, in all his quotes about Gollum, I think he muses on this in his letters like four or five times. Uh, hmm. That's how important it was to him. I found, uh, at least four, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me read this here, this point too. This is, um, this is in the middle of a letter, but you'll, you'll get it as I read to it. This is due of course, to the logic of the story, meaning where they are and, um, how Sam acted towards Frodo or towards Gollum, uh, in, in, in speaking, Calling him a sneak. Uh, calling him a sneak, yeah. Uh, Sam could hardly have acted differently. He did reach the point of pity at last, but for the good of Gollum, too late. If he had, if, if Sam had reached that point of pity, what could then have happened? And this is where, where Tolkien writes, he's like, this isn't what happened. 
but I mean, maybe this would have happened, but this isn't what happened because I discovered like this is the discovery that I made and there's nothing that could change that. But what could have happened if Sam had spoken, uh, had pitied Gollum and wasn't there to call him a sneak? The course of the entry into Mordor and the struggle to reach Mount Doom would have been different. And so would the ending. So if just little side, if Sam had reached pity for Gollum, just that one word sneak, that one scene, it would have changed the entire ending of the story. That's 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 really that's big. Uh, the interest would have shifted to Gollum, I think, and the battle that would have gone on between his repentance and his new love on one side and the ring, though the love would have been strengthened daily. It could not have wrested the mastery from the ring. I think that in some queer, twisted, and pitiable way, Gollum would have tried, not maybe with conscious design, to satisfy both, both his, the mastery of the ring, his, his desire for it, and the love that he had for Frodo. He wanted to satisfy both. Certainly at some point, not long before the end, he would have stolen the ring or taken it by violence, as he does in the actual tale. But possession satisfied, possession of the ring, I think he would then, this is crazy, I think he would then have sacrificed himself for Frodo's sake and have voluntarily cast himself into the fiery abyss. That's crazy that he thinks that just the love that he had for Frodo and I think the mutual, the empathy, the empathetic love that Frodo had for Gollum would have been enough for him to sacrifice himself for Frodo's sake and cast himself into the fiery abyss. Well, and with because with the ring everything's taken to 11 right so if you're able to there's this powerful scene let me let me let's talk about another character tempted by the ring you look at the the in the um uh, scene with galadriel in lothlorien mm -hmm. and galadriel's tempted by the ring she's she in passing her test she goes she's sort of consumed by the moment and and talks about what she would be like if she took the ring um uh, I'm, I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically it's a, it's a queen. Um, all, all would love me in despair, a queen, terrible and beautiful and, and would have, you know, be both dark and irresistible at the same time to all around. And so there's this, there's this place that the ring draws everyone into, which is almost a place of extremes. It's only black or white. And, I think what Tolkien might be trying to say there is in the event that Gollum's love for Frodo as he experienced over his travels, because remember all Gollum was trying to do before he met Frodo uh, and Salmon was, uh, was captured by them. All he was trying to do was uh, um, kill them and take the ring. Mm -hmm. So he was following them in order to kill them and take the ring. But then from um, the, the dead marshes or um, technically I mean, wheel um, through the dead marshes, through Mordor, Thelion mm -hmm. into Mordor up Kirithunkel. There's this battle going on where, where clearly Tolkien's telling us Gollum, in fact, develops a kind of devotion to Frodo. Well, he's telling us that moment right before the sneak line from Sam was the moment that Fro that Gollum could have could have actually repented, and if he had, then a new love would have grown up, and that devotion to Frodo would have become a real love. And we see that one of the things the hobbits are really good at, all hobbits, including 500 year old hobbits like a Gollum are good at is they're very devoted to each other and they they seem to 
quite easily sort of sacrifice themselves or be willing to sacrifice themselves for other hobbits, especially like they have this devotion to each other and this great love, um, their sense of humor, their love of all things similar, but it's, there's this great quality about them. So I, I think he's talking about how Gollum could have passed back into that. Now, the reason I'm sort of drawing this out is because I think this is really important when looking at what we're going to talk about a little later, which is this game that's coming out because I'm a gamer. I've gamed my whole life. Um, both board games, strategy games, role-playing games, um, video games. And um, I have thoughts about get a game like the Gollum game and Lord of the Rings games in general. But I like what Tolkien did here because he showed us that things weren't set. Things could have turned out differently. And I, But I love that you found this, Jonathan, because I had totally forgotten about this quote and how Tolkien basically reimagines a new ending to his book, which is kind of cool. What do we make of um the whole let's let's talk about the whole redemptive versus destructive arc mm -hmm. it's a we, we talked about it a little bit on our um on our live stream last week and i think it deserves maybe a little bit more pursuit uh because tolkien makes clear that in the end what he did was a good in the macro in the micro right it was not a good like the the violence the stealing the biting off of a finger, but um, uh, and and even here he writes their damnability. Right? Uh, let me write. Let me start earlier. I'm afraid whatever our beliefs, we have to face the fact that there are persons who yield to temptation, reject their chances of nobility or salvation, and appear to be quote damnable. Their quote damnability is not measurable in the terms of the macrocosm where it may work good, but we who are all in the same boat must not usurp the judge. I mean, you know, it, is it is it a rephrasing in a sense of like all, all things work together for the good for those who, of those who love him, right? In the sense that um, he, the, the judge here or in Eru in in, in, uh, in in Middle Earth, would can take such a, an evil and still turn it into something good in the end. And is this where people have a hard time understanding that no, he was actually a destructive character, even though there is this, like you see a redemptive arc that wasn't. I don't know, was it not fulfilled or was he simply, I mean, to Tolkien, he was irredeemable. He is damnable, right? There's nothing you can do. He's been so corrupted by the ring that even that, right, in the end, that he couldn't, he couldn't get by that no matter how much love he might have had for somebody. Yeah, I, I can't help but connect it to that earlier paragraph in the fuller letter that, that where he's commenting on the lead us not into temptation. Um, he says, mm -hmm. is the harder and the less often considered petition. And then he goes on to talk about how basically this is a, this is a situation where they they're in temptation the ring is the ultimate temptation and there's and once Gollum, um Gollum is given a chance for repentance but once he once he fails at that and you could say because of sam's clumsiness or whatever um but he once he fails there 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 wasn't any hope and the macro good that was done was not was done despite Gollum's will Gollum's will is now wholly given over to evil mm -hmm. and and um throughout and multiple times like he tries to get them killed by sheila but then he tries to kill them himself outside of sheila's slayer yeah. and then he follows them in and tries to kill them again and sam has pity on him finally at the slopes of mount doom and then he attacks frodo and bites off his finger and and it's all evil he's all he's irredeemable Iluvatar uses his evil for greater good as Iluvatar does but but Gollum himself is is pretty damnable at that point hmm. which now that that kind of thing where there's this tension between paths of the the path of damnation the path of salvation for Gollum in this particular case 
that, let me say this up front. Mm-hmm. Let's let's because we, we started off talking about the, the Gollum game that's just come out. I haven't played it, but that would be something very interesting. If I was forced against my will to make such a game, and I would have to be forced <laughs> against my will to make such a game because I do not believe it worthy of, of, of game status to be mm. sneaking around as Gollum the whole, for the whole entire game. Parkour. Um, sorry, parkour. <laughs> Middle Earth parkour. Every interview, so much Gollum parkour. <laughs> but if I had been forced, if someone had had uh, um, held me hostage and forced me to make such a game, then I would have gone down a path of giving the player characters um, basically this the, a series of choices, which would lead ultimately to damnation or salvation. And now that I know that Tolkien feels mm-hmm. free to reimagine a new story i might have even done that because it would, would and with the full knowledge that you're not doing lord of the rings anymore but but if you don't have that if you don't have it see here here's the, the the damning thing speaking of damnation here's the damnable thing about such a golem game the, of the kind that i haven't played the this game had we know the ending right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what well, about this yes. game is inspiring? Like, the, you're going to play a character that we know well, we the know... major, we know how it all ends with him. There's nothing to discover or nothing new to do with not only is he gross and unclothed and eats babies, but he he's also so a character that has no potential for anything different, or, or, or so we normally think about yeah. things. Yeah. So... But if I was forced to make the game, I would have I would make it so that you actually could have a new story written. And and um, for all the Tolkien purists out there like myself, I would throw letter two forty six in their face that Jonathan just read and say Tolkien himself could have imagined a different ending to the story. So if you're going to play a game, why not do that? If you must play a yeah. game as Gollum, yeah, I'm I'm much more forgiving of games in in um, abandoning the lore of the mm. because they're flashes they're 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 flashing the pan they're. They come and go pretty quick. Uh, how much so, do people remember the games from you know two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three for the Lord of the Rings movies that came out? Right, they, they, they don't stick around for for very long. Whereas the films, the TV shows, they're on for a very long time. Uh, and so I feel like I, I give I, I lend very little weight to the the lore of middle games. I'm like I'm forgiving. It, I, it better be if I'm putting all this time into it. It better be fun rather than sticking completely to the to the lore. Uh, although here's the thing, like. Like you said, um, that, that it, it's part of the problem even of like the Star Wars prequels. Is like we knew the character. We knew where he was going. So there was no mystery anymore. That's why the Return of the Jedi, right. uh, Return of the Jedi is so much more fulfilling because the redemption arc is complete um, and, uh, and it's, it's fulfilled in such a, uh, an emotional, vibrant way. Whereas in Revenge of Sith, all you see is the you know, evil come to fruition. And in the end, you knew that was coming. And so there's no big payoff. In this Gollum game, is it going to end? I have, I, I have, a, I think it's probably going to end when like Frodo finds the ring or something like that, or sorry, Bilbo finds the ring. Um, I'm going to guess. Or wait, does it happen between the? No, Hobbit no, no, and the no. It happens after that. It it's, does. It, it happens between. The it's Hobbit Gollum's journey the into Mordor and being so captured maybe, and yeah, and yeah, into yeah, the. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, being see, captured this is how much I know. I've I've been trying to stay away from the from the game, so I come into it somewhat without. Um, a whole lot of reviews and other things. Uh, and absolutely no mind. doubt they're not going to stick to the lore. There's going to be all yeah. kinds of things yeah. they change and do differently. Um, and again, with you, now here's an interesting point because you and I differ on this. So mm. I did not like the Shadow of Mordor games, but you had yeah. mentioned to me you played them. So what was your impression? Why did you like the thing that 
that um, that I, they were made. Technically, I didn't into. consider them like Lord of the Rings like games. Like they weren't like oh they're great. This is a Lord of the Rings style game. They were, technically they were fine. They were fun. They were good. I enjoyed it mostly. And you know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about this more in our membership section. So we're gonna mm. we're gonna dive deep into the All games right. that we've played, the games that we've liked, uh, and if they're gonna make a Gollum game, what kind of game should have made instead? Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Maybe should I bring up that picture that we had of uh, of <laughs> the game that we should have made? So if you want to become a member, go to the one slash member. You get access to our extended podcast. And um, uh, let's see, access to the extended podcast. You get access to our Discord chat. Hey, we're going to be putting up some merch real fast, real soon. I've got I've got a fun one, Michael. I think you're going to like it at some point once, once oh, I really? get to it. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, That's pretty sweet. One so we're going to be doing that. You get, you get a discount on that once I, once I finalize and put those all up. Uh, but uh, the real game that should have been made that everybody actually wanted was this one. The Lord of the Rings, Sam. Because in the <laughs> end, right. don't That's we really right. want to be like, at the end, we want to be the, the, like carrying Frodo up the mountain. Like this is, this is the, the ultimate move that he has to make to, to be the hero is exactly. You know, I can carry you Frodo and he pulls him up the mountain and then you see what happens at the end and you get that redemption at the end. And Hey, you could even go, if they really want to do it, imagine them going into the, uh, uh, the scouring of the Shire, right? That would have been awesome. Exactly. And, then you could, and then like you said later, we could have had him being the mayor and we get the game. Sam city. <laughs> that's right we had some pretty pretty um amazing dad jokes in this uh, live <laughs> yeah. stream episode so if you want to if you want to get the extended edition we're going to talk about that go to the one ring one ring.com slash member and uh sign up free for the first month and uh four dollars a month after that or if you really like harrison and adam and linaylin and chuck who uh are sponsors and they help us out even more uh at twenty dollars a month you can do that too we'd really appreciate that um but um yes so uh, the games. Uh, so let's jump. Well, let's jump into that. Let's go into our extended podcast. I think unless there's anything else we need, we, we need to really like tell people about. Well, I'm going to be live streaming. I don't know how often I'm going to yeah. be live streaming. Follow the, Jonathan's the live game. stream. To, uh, um, he'll, he'll get through one session at least. That's what we'll promise. Dude, I spent money on getting the friggin' like Cinderin voiceover, which was an extra ten bucks. <laughs> so two and a half members cost the Cinderin voiceover this month. Oh, you know what we should do? We haven't announced it yet, so I'll, I'll, I won't be specific. But we should uh, we we should play some of the Cinderin voiceovers for an upcoming guest of ours that oh, uh, may or may, that or may not awesome. have something to do with Elvish yeah. translations. <laughs> there you go, um, man. So I, I'm going to be playing that. We'll we'll see how that goes. If it's guys, if it sucks. I'm just, I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. There's no money that it's worth like, well, maybe there is. And guys, since it will suck, I'm not even going to start, but I am going to watch Jonathan. <laughs> you know, it would be funny actually, like if we could, if you could jump on the live stream at the same time and you could be there, we could comment together as I'm playing. I'll, I'll really do it. I'll do All it. Right. Just jump, send me the time. All right. We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, hey, there was, uh, so, okay. Is there anything else to say about Gollum? I mean, he's, he's a complex character. He, he's not, um, he's just not a big bad. And he has this arc of like where he approaches goodness. He approaches it. Well, goodness is not the word where he approaches what being a hobbit like character was like, right? He under, he starts understanding love or he had love for Frodo. Um, but in mm -hmm. the end, the, the destruction that the ring rod in him is just impossible to overcome. Here's my final thought. Yeah. Gollum has always fascinated me as a character because um, as a, a tremendous absorber of much fantasy and much sci-fi in my youth, less so in the later years as I've been having um, 
amazing numbers of children. Um, <laughs> the, the character of Gollum is fairly unique. There are very few, if any, authors who write characters that are so non-archetypal. Gollum has a, a non-archetypal quality to him, where we as the reader are invited to both hate him and pity him to feel sorry for him, even empathize sometimes with him and be disgusted by him. It's a, it's a very interesting, he's a very interesting character. And, and I would um, point out again, a one that Tolkien himself clearly had a lot of sentimental um, love for because of his reaction to Gollum's near repentance on the stair of yeah. Kirathungal. Yeah. So, so this is, this, he's a, he's a fascinating character not worth making a whole video game out of, <laughs> but but as a character in a book, he's he's fantastic. Um, yeah, and and and, and, and clearly yeah. Tolkien. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Worth contemplation. That's all I was going to yes. say. Yes, yeah, and clearly Tolkien kept comp- contemplating him far after it was published too. Right. He was he was the character that intrigued him the most. I mean, even in let's see, letter number seventy in nineteen forty four, he, he did write. I think this was to his son. Um, Gollum continues to develop into a most intriguing character. So even then, relatively early, um, 10 years, nine, 10 years before it was published, I can't remember, 52, I think, 53. Anyway, many years before it was published, like Gollum was intriguing him then and it only grew. Like Gollum kept coming up in his story as not a cut and dried character. Um, Last question for you then, before we jump into the members podcast is, how do you think they performed that? Do you think it was well done in the films, in Peter Jackson's films, how, how Gollum um, was portrayed being, you know, dual personality I do. completely? I do. I think Sarkis did a, a fantastic job of acting yeah. it. I liked the di- the way the dialogue was written, the cut, the cut scenes in the um, Smeagol versus Gollum dialogue, which um, actually brings to life something which is which was clearly in Tolkien's text, but which many of my first readings, I did not catch that kind of bipolar schizophrenic nature of things. Um, And they did visually speaking, I thought that was excellent. Sarkis did a great job. Um, They changed a lot of things. So there's some quibbles I have with some moments of Gollum. um, And, but, uh, but yeah, I, I did think he was actually very well done. He's one he and CGI wise, <laughs> he remains better than like ninety eight percent of the movies made today, and from yeah. a twenty year ago C- yeah. CGI. So it's yeah. it's it's stunning. My kids had a heart when we watched it a month ago. All three movies, all three extended editions, from six years old to twelve years old. My nice. kids were like, he was nice. he wasn't real. Like, how did they do that? Like, he was he came across like as not fake at all to them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That says a lot, not just because it looked good, but because of how he was portrayed as a Smeagol Gollum. And the kids, even the youngest kids, got it right away. They understood that he's a conflicted character between the two of them. And that is harder to pick up um, in you know, extended prose. It's a lot easier to portray that on uh, film. So I have no problems with Gollum at all. I still have problems with Galadriel and Aragorn and Faramir. Gollum. Right, oh, Faramir, Faramir especially. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe my last, the last thought I will leave then is inter- it just struck me as you were saying that about your kid's reaction. Mm-hmm. Because recently, um, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, um, I reread on fairy stories with my um, teenagers um, who were my high schoolers who, who had it for a class of theirs in their high school. And, um, and I was reminded by Tolkien's 
insistence in On Fairy Stories that it is a shame that we relegate fairy stories to children's literature because mm -hmm. by doing so, we actually dumb down fairy stories. Yeah. And when, when not that children can't have profit from fairy stories told at their level, but that actually fairy stories serve a higher purpose in human uh, culture and civilization, and that um, we should write fairy stories for adults, which clearly, obviously, he did with Lord of the Rings. And to that point, I would just say, connect the Gollum character, and I would say, Gollum, there are things that kids will get about Gollum, but the deeper contemplation of the character of Gollum, of the mercy of Bilbo, the mercy of Frodo, the mercy in the end of Sam um, at the on, on the slopes of Mount Doom, and, the, um, and Gollum's con uh, conflicted nature um, is is um is something that is actually quite adult mm -hmm. in its mm -hmm. understanding like the forgive those who trespass against you for example um and Gollum deserving not to live um you know this idea of what justice and des just desserts are about as gandalf comments on earlier in the book so these are very actually very deep ideas that are well beyond the understanding of kids and that adults would do well to focus on too so yeah, and um, actually, just on Twitter the other day, uh, the tweet, the tweet, my quote tweet was, uh, and and this is a little bit more specific, but it says it, it points to the same thing: is that you don't write down to kids, you don't write, you don't make fairy stories something childish. Uh, Tolkien wrote in April 1959: a good vocabulary is not acquired by reading books written according to some notion of the vocabulary of one's age group; it comes from reading books above one. Hmm. So even in just vocabulary, right? Don't don't. Don't settle for kids. Like when we talk to my, our little kids, I don't dumb things down for them. If they don't understand the word, I'll be like, do you get that? And I'll explain it to them because they'll, they've got to improve. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Get, Remember and, those and, old yeah. those old 1950s Dick and Jane books? I always hated that. I was like, this yeah. is so stupid. Like, how yeah. about what you read? I know. Like, I like I understand kids are simple and they don't understand like but let's read to them something above their level so that they right. stretch right. instead if of If they're reading it on their own, that's one thing. If they yep. if we're, I'm reading to them or if they're they're experiencing something, let them experience something that's going to improve them rather than bring it down to a level of, you know. Well the, said. The Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> that's funny. You were thinking that too, huh? I imagine that. <laughs> Had to bring it up. Had to bring it up. All right. So lastly. If you like talking. You can follow my live stream. And I think we're going to be uh, doing our, our free live streams, our free live streams, as if it would charge anybody for it. We're going to be doing our uh, Fellowship Fridays. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're probably looking at the evening. Or what? So, so funny. So, that was so low-key depressed. Like you follow my live stream. <laughs> like the whole vocal fry drop off there. So fantastic. Hey right. man, I'm, well you done. know what? I, it can't be worse than the the stuff I had going on at my real day job this week with some major things. And, and anyway, but yeah, the, we'll follow the live stream. Uh, Fellowship Fridays live. We're going to be doing it bi-weekly every other week. That's the goal. Probably in the evenings, um, rather than during the day, so that we can get the best cross section of people at the best times. Uh, and if you so, made it this far, definitely listen to those live streams because those they're, they're fantastic. You get to hear lots of people yeah. um, from different angles on the Tolkien world. Lots of, we, we have plenty of disagreement and yeah. fun debates and, uh, and some good and laughs at uh, uh, the silliness of modern takes <laughs> on Tolkien as well. Which it's just not slowing down. We're getting more nope. and more and more. We're going to be here a long time, a long time. Clicks forever. So if you want to, if you want to be here a long time too, then join our extended podcast by going to the one slash member become a member four dollars a month first month is free but we're going to jump into the extended podcast and talk more about games talk more about what game we might make 
with uh, the with with the if we if we were given a billion dollars for Amazon because they're also making a massively multiplayer online game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They left out the RPG part of it, um, but we'll go into that uh, and then you know we'll talk about what games we've played too. So join us there. See you on the other side. <laughs>